Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rte.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One. Now on RTE Radio 1, tonight's Drama on One is Swept Under the Carpet, written by Sarah McKenna. Jamie is the story's narrator, a 10-year-old autistic birdwatching enthusiast who loves blackcurrant squash. He struggles with his chaotic family. Often he feels misunderstood, but always finds solace in the company of animals. However, things are turned upside down when he spills juice on his mother's new carpet. With some strong language, this is swept under the carpet. When most families buy a carpet, it probably causes minor inconvenience. It's fitted and then a small degree of comfort when your feet sink into the spongy bits, right? Well, it caused my parents to nearly get a divorce. Now, I know what you're thinking, and honestly, I completely sympathise. I don't think any of us thought it would come to this. Jamie, stop talking to yourself in the mirror. I need to go to the bathroom. Go away, Aidan. Sorry, that's my brother. You know... I probably need to take you back to the beginning because it would be fair to say that the clerkins of number six Michael Collins close require an introduction. It's not every day that you meet a family who falls apart over a stain on the carpet. First, there's my mother, Fox Rockford Elma, as the man at the school gate used to call her. Jamie, you really must stop hogging the bathroom. Mam is the proudest blondest, snobbiest ever. She keeps the car in the garage and drives around in the family car pretending that the Porsche's locked up at home. Although, she's been a bit off lately. Sad or mopey or something. I can't put my finger on it. Usually, she's a complete fusspot and is unfailingly house-proud. Which always leaves me wondering how she's married to Dad. Because Paul Clerken is at his happiest when he's sitting in the shed smoking his fags, reading his papers and ignoring us all. He's even got his shed fitted out with a TV so we can watch the GAA. Oh, ref, are you blind? That was wide. Then there's my older brother, Aidan, my nemesis. Hi, Egypt face. I'm wetting myself here. In fact, I think I must have been a Nazi or a mass murderer in a previous life. She deserves such a mediocre brother as Aiden. Dad's always trying to get him to listen to metal and watch the soccer. But I've a sneaky feeling that the only reason he consents to watching the GAA is for a bit of eye candy. Jamie! Then there's me. Silent, forgotten me. Jamie, Sean, William, Clerken. I like bird watching. I've always understood animals a lot better than people. Everybody says I'm a bit strange, you see. It's not my fault. Mam took me into all these various doctors, but she decided that she didn't want an autistic child, so we stopped going. I just tried to clear my head with the bird watching. I like yellow hammers best, I think. 
they have an interesting cry. Little bit of bread and no cheese, little bit of bread and no cheese. They're different. Just like me. We have a bird feeding table just outside our living room window. So on Saturday mornings, I get up really early to hear the dawn chorus. Although as soon as Aiden wakes up, he purposefully scares all the birds away. I make myself a really strong glass of blackcurrant squash, stronger than Mum ever lets me have it. And I watch them. That's when it happened. No, I spilt some. Mum's carpet couldn't have been more than a week old, and it was top of the range. Soft, Soft luxurious. luxurious, because Lord knows we have little enough luxury around here as it is. It cost me a small fortune. And I had spilt blackcurrant on it, leaving a massive heart-shaped stain in front of the settee. I knew I was dead, but I had no idea what was going to happen next. I had expected Mam's reaction to the carpet to be a lot shoutier than it was. Mam shouts a lot. In fact, she shouts about everything. No! She shouts about Dad's shoes in the hallway. She shouts about Aiden's school reports. And don't get her started on the bird watching. It's weird, Jamie. It's fucking weird. Why can't you just do what normal ten-year-olds do? She always apologises eventually and usually brings me some chocolate out of guilt. But we all know she doesn't mean it. Not really. Mum's just naturally shouty. Get over yourself. So, as she walks in with her curlers, silk dressing gown and fluffy slippers, I'm bracing myself for history's biggest row. She sees the stain straight away, just as I'm haphazardly trying to pull the rug over it. But there's no shouting. Mam's quiet. Too quiet. In fact, she doesn't shout at all. She just whispers. Why can't I have nice things? And runs off. What's gotten into your mother? Dad asks, as he traipses into the living room and pulls his Dublin GAA hoodie out of the ironing basket. The carpet, I mumble. The carpet? She got me up at half nine on a Saturday morning over a bleeding carpet. He roars. Well, I'll tell you what. She better have the breakfast on. Jamie! He snaps, clicking his fingers at me. Stop staring at those bloody boards and go and watch some cartoons or something. It's not normal. Yes, Dad. He knows I won't move. And he's gone off to the kitchen in pursuit of rashers before he has the chance to say anything else to me. I'm too busy examining a blue tit that's landed in the garden. Unfortunately, I'm dragged away from it because Mum comes back in. Now wearing a shower cap over her curlers, massive yellow washing-up gloves and an apron. I'm telling you, they had less protective gear in Chernobyl. Despite four rounds of being nuked by varnish, washing-up liquid, fabric cleaner, bleach, makeup remover, washing powder, hot water, cold water and numerous scrubbings by Mam and my good self, the black current is still clinging on to the carpet for dear life. I said to Mum that it was like a limpet on a rock. 
but she didn't find it very funny. It's ruined. Mam sighs and then stands up, glaring down at the stain from above. Ellie wouldn't have ruined my carpet. It was for her that I got it. No reply comes when I ask her who Ellie is, which is really strange because Dad says Mam can't hold her water about anything. When Dad comes in for his leggy soldiers, I ask him too. Uh, nobody important, so. Which makes Mam even more upset and causes her to run off again. Of course she's important, Paul. Of course she is. Today would have been her 18th and all. Now I'll be honest with you. I'm not very good at picking up social hints or cues or reading signs or whatever the special needs assistant keeps telling me to do. But I'm guessing that despite what Dad says, Ellie is somebody important. Because Mam wouldn't have run off. Right? Well, I'm going to find out. I might not have any human friends, but I love my dog. He's called Attenborough, and he's the best dog you could have. He's a cockapoo, and at the moment, he has one of those massive cone things around his head because he's got a scratch on the back of his neck. Good boy, Attenborough. Every dinner time, he sits on my lap, and I feed him the food that I don't want. Aidan is busy texting his new boyfriend, but still finds a way to kick me under the table. All right. Dad orders gruffly, resting his hands on the back of the chair. Aidan, no phones at the dinner table. My older brother shrugs in his grumpy, nonchalant, teenagery way. But Dad does something that neither of us expect. In a swift manoeuvre that could only have been coordinated by the captain of Dublin's minor wing GAA team of 1986, Dad swipes his phone. Give me that! Oi! Give that back! Aidan jumps up. I think he's having a heart attack. Or maybe a hemorrhage. Whichever one means more panicked. Dad starts to scroll through the messages. His face says it all. Who's Daniel, Aidan? Oh my god, that's literally none of your business. Give me my phone back. It's just a mate from school. Right, right, well, sit down and have your dinner. Good lad. Dad's giving man the eyes. He knows. He knows that Daniel and Aidan weren't just talking about mate stuff. Jamie, get that blasted dog out of my kitchen. But he's hungry. Jamie, Atkins is a dog, not a human. Attenborough. He's called Attenborough. I correct her. She never takes an interest in the things I like. It's so annoying. Well, whatever he's called, he's a dog, not a human, so get him out of my kitchen. Reluctantly, I pick him up and place him outside the back door. I'm sorry, buddy, but it's not my fault. We've been avoiding Mam all day. She's been in a really bad mood. Well, she's always in a bad mood. But today, she's been unbearable. That's why she's given us all these yucky vegetables for dinner. But I'm not going to give up. So I pluck up the courage. Mam, who is Ellie? Eat your dinner, Jamie. Tell me. Maybe we should, love. Oh, no, you're just upsetting me. Be rational, Fidel. We will not be talking about Ellie, and I'm not hearing another word about it. Mam sniffs before incredulously sitting down to eat her dinner. Dad rolls his eyes at me as if to say, Jesus Christ, she's awful emotional these days. You know, I've often thought it's lucky that we're not battery hens. Because, I don't know if you know this, 
but they have an awful habit of turning into cannibals. In extreme cases, of course. But I just feel like my family would have both the anger issues and the capability. I phoned up McCarthy's, the carpet shop, you know. Mam remarks, finishing her meal and beginning to stack up the plates. They were very unhelpful. Anyway, they can't do anything about it. It's ruined. They won't replace it. They won't wash it. I don't want to have to resort to having to spend 3,000 euro on a new one, but... 3,000 euro, Fidelma? I didn't have the bleeding money for you to buy the carpet the first time around. You can forget about a replacement. I'm an engineer, love, not a millionaire. Oh, that says it all, really. What? The state of our marriage. Oh, come on, you're being ridiculous. No, you are. Here I am, slaving away, in the kitchen, cooking your meals, raising your children, and you can't even buy me a new carpet for my good room. You're missing the point. I already have bought you a carpet for your good room. You're twisting my words, Paul. No, you're twisting mine. Please, can I go? I'm conscious that Attenborough is waiting for me outside. It makes me nervous when mum and dad fight. They're like swifts or swallows. Very territorial. Sorry, love. Of course. I don't hang around. In fact, I get out of there as quickly as I can. Taking my faithful friend Attenborough, I go out into the garden to look at the birds. I need to take my mind off things. It's been a mad day. Day two. The stain on the carpet has acquired a rather nasty, sickly smell. Much like Aidan's bedroom. It's only about seven in the morning and I can hear mum and dad talking to each other through my bedroom wall. They must think I'm asleep. Did you know he was gay, Fidelma? Dad hisses. I have to crane my ears to hear him. You knew my son was gay and you didn't think for even a second, one second, that I might like to know. Oh, come on. It was obvious. If you'd spent less time forcing him to play GAA and more time getting to know him, you might have spotted the signs. Anyway, Daniel is very nice. I know his mother from my painting class. Oh, Christ, he's going to be like Elton John. Elton John did rather well for himself, didn't he? They've just made a film about him. He's going to be bullied. Jesus, Delma, I want him to have a good life, an easy life. But the world's cruel to people like him. I have a feeling he'll be fine, Paul. And he doesn't like Elton John anyway, so there's no need to worry. Do you think we can get him some of that therapy or something? Oh, get over yourself. Let's face it, love. You're not exactly leading the life your parents would have chosen for you and you turned out all right. I'm not all right, Fidelma. Well then, that makes two of us. I roll over in my bed and cuddle up to Attenborough. Dad's going to kill Aidan when he gets his hands on him. I know that for certain. Day three. The stain on the carpet has now turned a disturbing shade of purple. I would say that it's furry, but carpets generally are, so I don't think hair is anything to particularly worry about. Mam has quarantined the living room until further notice. She can't look at the carpet without crying. She's gone funny on us as well. We're getting rubbish dinners. All we got last night was chicken dippers and pasta sauce. Now we're all crammed into the kitchen whilst Dad watches the football on his phone. Jamie, if I catch you wasting your life staring at that bloody board table one more time, I swear I'll knock it over. He's stuffing his mouth with a dripping piece of toast. 
spitting out crumbs as he rants. Mam sits down beside him with her cup of black coffee. Apparently she's dieting? But don't be fooled, it's packed with sugar. Then there's Aidan, who is pretending to look interested in the football whilst cradling his phone. My poor car, but it's miserable looking. Oh, would you ever stop moaning? Well, it's the only way I get listened to. Mam tuts, taking a sip of her coffee. Mam? What is it, Janie? I didn't sleep last night because I was wondering who Ellie was. Please tell me. Mam gives a huge sigh. <sighs> Jamie, you have to understand it's not something I like to talk about. Please, Mam. I reply. I think I have a right to know. Even if she does look upset. Go on, love. Elias. Well, she's your sister. Wait. We have a sister. Aidan pipes up, suddenly interested. But Mam shakes her head. She's the reason your dad and I got married in the first place. I let myself get excited because all the scans said she was going to be a girl and... Mam scrunches her tissue up against her mouth. Come, come on, Fidana, come on. Then one morning I woke up and she was gone. It was miserable, unbearable, almost. To be fair, Fidelma, it, was, it wasn't much better for me either. Everything still reminds me of her. It's like I can hear her see the little girl that she would have become. I wanted the house to be nice for her 18th, wanted her here. That carpet was the last straw. Mam runs off, and as she leaves, she whispers, I can't do this anymore. I want to Dad rolls his eyes at us and leans back into his chair, making it clear that he'll have no more questions. This is so strange. I keep wondering what it would be like if we'd had a sister. I wonder what Annie would have been like. I'd always wanted a sister. Maybe she could have gone birdwatching with me. Maybe we could have united against Aidan. Who knows? Ellie. 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 What if Mum and Dad thought she was enough and never had Aidan? That would have been the sensible thing to do. But she's always been there. There's this one time when I was looking for something in the hot press and I found a pair of pink baby shoes, but I just assumed that they were a present for somebody else. Hey, Jamie, you're falling asleep there. Aidan shakes me out of my daydream. I'm helping him with his homework. Well, I say helping. I'm doing his homework for him while he texts his boyfriend. I don't know how I get into these traps. I honestly don't. But he had a Mars bar lying there, and it just looked so tempting. Anyway, an hour into his English essay, and I haven't seen a bite of it. Make sure you make a few mistakes. Aidan snaps, coming over to inspect. My old bag of a teacher needs to think I've done it. I ignore him, which is no hardship, 
because I spent most of my life ignoring Aiden. Then we hear a knock on the bedroom door, which Dad pokes his head through. Ah, boys, you're both here together. He gives us this unhappy smile, which is very confusing. Yeah, that's good. That means I only have to do this once. Uh, it's your mum. She's decided... Well, we've decided... Can I sit down? No! You're not making this easy, you little idiot! Dad roars, but Aiden only rolls his eyes. Then, composing himself like a seagull, about to embark on a dangerous flight, he lowers himself inelegantly onto the bed. We're all men, right? You know, so that means maybe we don't always, you know, share our feelings and all that shite. Is this because I'm gay? Aiden snaps, and Dad couldn't look more repulsed. No, Aiden. Your mum seems to think it'd be best to let you grow out of your little phase. It's not a phase. I won't just grow out of it. Look, look, that's not the point. Your mum and I have decided that it might be best... If she and I, you know, separated. What? No, they can't do that. Can they? That's not fair. Dad's looking at me, searching for some kind of reaction. But I'm just like a bird that's just... Well, I don't know. Birds' parents don't just suddenly divorce, do they? Swans mate for life. Birds have certainty. I don't. I don't want you boys to worry or anything. She won't be leaving for a while yet. We're going to get her sorted with somewhere to stay and a good job and... Dad looks lost. It's like half of him has been packed into Mam's suitcase. I do something that I haven't done for years. I give him a hug. He doesn't really know how to respond. Haplessly, he throws his arms over my back. Sorry, boy. I really am. I pull away, and Aiden puts his hand on Dad's shoulder. But Dad flinches. What? Do you think I'm trying to hit on you or something? You bastard! Dad stands up, impatient. I am your father, and you will not treat me like that. Do you hear me, pal? You won't speak to me like that! You have to treat me like a human being, Dad. I'm gay. At least I'm not retarded like Jamie over here. It is in moments like this that I wish I was a burrowing owl or something and I could conceal myself at a moment's notice. I'm not talking about Jamie. I'm talking about you. And what you're doing is wrong, Aiden. And it's going to be bleeding hard for you if you carry on like this. Get out of my room! Go away! Aiden shouts. And, defeated, Dad and I shuffle out. And that's that. And as usual... At number six, Michael Collins Close, quiet and sentimental moments don't last long. Carpet update, day four. Flies, now beginning to circle around stain. Mam, distraught. Dad, hacked off. I think the realisation that by staining the carpet... I have now thrown 3,000 euro down the drain. It's finally beginning to hit him. I thought I saw a blackbird on the bird feeder this morning. Mum smiles as she dries up the last of the breakfast dishes. She hasn't criticised me about the bird watching. 
or anything for that matter, since Dad told us they were getting divorced. She knows it's been bothering me. Suddenly, I don't really feel like bird watching or eating chocolate. I can't even bring myself to take Attenborough out for a walk. She's been trying to make things easier, but I don't think there's anything that she can actually do. We should make up some fat balls for them, Jamie. The birds. Do you think they'd like that? You know, Jamie Pet, change isn't always a bad thing. It might seem like now because you don't know what the change is going to be like. But I think you'll find that you're getting the best of us, your dad and I, when we're separate. It's Aidan who saves me from Mam's chirping. He walks us in, head glued to his phone like he's a slave to his robot on a sci-fi film. As expected, he pushes my head against the table on his way in. I can't fight myself free, so Mam has to stare him down. I wouldn't mind being separated from him. I've invited Daniel around for lunch tomorrow. But it's your dad's day off. Mam cries, shocked, dropping a dry dish back into the sink. Aidan just shrugs. I know, and I don't care. And um, what am I supposed to cook? Aidan, you can't just invite people around without... No, ma'am. He's coming around. Oh, and his favourite food is pizza. Aidan! And I want Dad to be there. Well, I can see this ending in tears. Carpet update. Now that Mal has a guest coming, she is despairing over the carpet. She has spent the early hours of the morning neurotically buzzing between her gudroom and her artisan pizza dough that's resting in the kitchen. However, for the sake of her pride, we've found a rug which she can put over the stain which, for the record, appears to be increasing in size. When I'm in getting dressed, I can hear her nagging Dad. Look, I know you don't agree with it, but will you just be nice? She says, all hushed tones. She's probably fastidiously applying her makeup. He knows, Fidelma. He knows full well that he's making me miss the big match. He knows Dublin are playing Cork today, and that's why he planned this. I tell you, it's not every day that Dublin play Cork in the football. They do it at least four times a year, don't they? No excuse. I'm still missing the big match. Just be nice. We're all standing on ceremony, waiting for Daniel to arrive. Dad keeps shooting dirty looks at Aidan over the match. Mam is polishing her kitchen for the umpteenth time and I'm sitting on the step, keeping out of trouble. All right, Aniston. He's called Attenborough. Be quiet, Jamie. Daniel's here. Mam snaps. Then, suddenly, like Dr Jekyll and Mr Hyde, she's all sweetness and light. Hello. Daniel, oh, you're very welcome. Come on in. All right, Daniel. What's up? Then, Aiden and Daniel give each other a hug that makes Dad look so uncomfortable, his face goes red. Hi, everyone. Oh, uh, yeah, Mrs. Clerkin. Oh, please, it's just Fidelma. Thanks, Fidelma. And Mam gave me a smapple tart to bring around, if you don't mind. That's so thoughtful, Daniel, thank you. 
Then Daniel turns to me and gives me a packet of chocolate biscuits. Aiden uh, told me you like these. Thanks. Oh, this is great. I love having a stockpile of treats. Dad looks particularly uncomfortable when Daniel tries to talk to him. I brought around a few goodies for you for the match, Mr. Clerky. Will you watch it? Dad softens a little. Oh, um, yeah, well, I'll try. If my bleeding wife can get the dinner off the table quick enough. Oh, Christ, the dinner! Mam rushes to the oven. So, uh, do you think Dublin will win, Mr. Clerky? Would they better? Oh, come on, Daniel. Not sports again. Relax, Aiden. I'm just talking to your dad. Daniel smiles. I like him. He smiles a lot. I wish he was my brother instead of Aiden. I'd say, though, that uh, that defender, Stephen Coleman, will give the Dublin forwards one for their money. Yeah, sure. It's not the same without a few brogans on the pitch, eh? Mm, agreed. All of a sudden, in a move that none of us were expecting, Dad goes and shakes Daniel's hand. Then, he continues with his conversation, as if he's actually enjoying it. Do you, uh, do you play much yourself? I play with a guy, soccer... Curling, tennis, judo. And I'm also trying to get on the school hockey team. Oh, good man. That's Dad's code for... Wow, I'm impressed. Can I swap you for my son? Lunch is ready, if you'd like to come to the table. So we do. We all eat our pizza. Except Attenborough, who has to sit on the back step and watch us. Dad is surprisingly talked of, but that's mostly because he and Daniel talk about sport. Mom is smiling. Dad is smiling. Aiden and Daniel are smiling. For a minute, it feels like everybody's happy again. But we're not. Are we? Right, lads. Like a peacock, opening his tail feathers, Dad stands up and denounces. It's time for the match. So, if you'll excuse me, folks, my new friend Daniel and I are going into the lounge to watch it. Paul! Mum begins to mouth the word carpet at Dad, but he's always been a useless lip reader. You can't go into my good room. I'd be ashamed to show it to you, Daniel. You see, there's a massive great big stain on the carpet in there. Dad rolls his eyes. For the love of God, Fidelna, we've put a bleeding rug down in there. What more do you want? I mean it, Paul. Wouldn't it be a bit strange for me to take some kid that I've met today out to my work shed? Not if there was an ugly stain on the carpet that my tight, lazy husband wouldn't replace. Daniel's looking increasingly uncomfortable. I suppose we're all immune to how quite spectacular Clerkin rows are. No, you are. Oh, actually, Mrs Clerkin, my uncle, he owns the carpet shop. Wait, it was McCarthy's you got it from, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'll get my man to have a word with them and uh, he should be able to story out the new one. Oh, Daniel, that's fabulous. Thank you so much. Aiden squeezes Daniel's hand under the table, but only I see him. Mum and Dad chant a hug, which is reassuring. Then he heads for the door, greedily rubbing his hands. Right, now that that's all settled, it's time for the big match. Wait, Dad, can't we watch with you? Dad's face is priceless. It's like Aidan has told him that Christmas is coming early. Well, I'd be glad to have you, son. And you, Daniel. You're very welcome to join us. Thank you, Mr Clerkin. I uh, have a couple of spare jerseys upstairs, if you'd like. Let's face it, Dad. 
Not really our style. <laughs> Gaten laughs, and as Dad sends them in ahead to get the channel on, he grabs Mam's hand. Fidelma. You had that story, the one you told the kids the other day, about Ellie. He begins. Mam gasps, bracing herself. It was wrong, Dan. You said that I only married you because of Ellie. Well, I married you because I wanted to. We wouldn't be here 18 years later if not, would we? Thank you, Paul. That means a lot. Ah, Fidelma, don't cry. You know I haven't a feckin' clue what to do when you start crying. <laughs> Leaky eyes. Mum laughs. We can't bring her back, Paul. Can we? No. No, no. But the boys know now. So you don't have to keep it a secret anymore, yeah? Now, come on. Hey, just heard the whistle go on the game. All right, love. Mum and Dad scurry off into the living room to watch the match, still holding hands. Me? Well, I slink off to, into the garden to look at the birds. Oh my goodness, look! It's a turtle dove! You don't see any of them anymore. And here's one, in my garden. I motion to Attenborough to be very silent, and he rolls over on his belly. Just as I already can't believe my luck, Another one flies down and lands next to the first one on the lawn. They hobble around in their funny little way, opening their wings every so often. They're beautiful, and I can tick them off in my handbook. Then, almost perfectly, one waddles up to the other and gives a peck on the cheek. Happy and in love. I could sit here all day and listen to them. Once the match is over, Dad drops me out a glass of really strong blackcurrant squash. Don't spill this one, eh? <laughs> he laughs before returning to watch the highlights. The best news of it all is that the turtle doves have decided to nest here, in Mam's walnut tree. This is their home now too, and they'll have to get used to us, because I'm glad to say that the clerkins of number six, Michael Collins Close, are here to stay. And I have a funny feeling that everything's going to be all right. That was Swept Under the Carpet, written by Sarah McKenna. Paul Ronan played the part of Paul. Karen Ardiff was Fidelma. Aidan was played by Brandon Marr. Alex Connolly played Daniel. And Jude Lynch was Jamie. Sound supervision was by Gar Duffy. Swept Under the Carpet by Sarah McKenna was directed by Goretti Slaven. To listen back to this and all our plays, go to rte.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on one. Sundays at 8pm. rte.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on one.